Hey, how's it going, Wildcast? This is the Word to the Wildcat podcast. My name is Tommy Fernandez. My pronouns are he, him, his, or my name. And joining me as always, I'll let her introduce herself, is Arely. What's up, Wildcats? My name is Arely Ruiz. My pronouns are she, her, ellas. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is season three, episode four of Word to the Wildcat. We are very excited to be talking with you about today's theme of communication and conflict resolution. Yeah, and that's right. And today we have a special guest joining us today. He is a CWU student and is our current ASCWU Vice President, Brandon Bergegrim. Brandon, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you all. Um, yeah, like I said, my name is Brandon Grimm. My pronouns are he and his, and I'm currently serving as the ASCWU Executive Vice President. And I just want to say thank you all for your time, and we're going to have some fun. Yeah, we appreciate you that, uh, for that. Brandon, so let's just honestly just dive right in. So what is what does your role mean as being the vice president of ASCWU? Yeah, totally. Um, the best way I like to describe this without, I guess, getting too enthusiastic or going crazy with it, I think vice president almost has two worlds that they kind of control and like kind of report on within student government. And one of those worlds is student-led committees or committees with student representation. On campus, we have about 29 committees on, I guess, on campus. And really at the beginning of the year, it's trying to find students who are passionate about leadership, uh, more like servant leadership, and making sure that we find the right student for the right committee. So when we think about students who are passionate about maybe fitness, I want to make sure they're on the rec advisory board and they're helping make sure that, you know, the rec within the CERC is in the right direction. We're thinking about like the services that they provide to the students as well as it goes all the way up to, you know, presidential level committees where we're thinking of like Title IX um, and kind of like SNA committee, which, you know, is they have a budget that they steward over worth $7.2 million per year. So it's making sure that you find students who want to like be, I guess, have that experience, but are also passionate about being there. And then the second part, I kind of like alluded to money. That is another huge part of me is just kind of like making sure all of ASC Woo were being accountable with the money that we have. I guess that the students entrusted to us and making sure that's being spent, you know, on the students and making sure that these programs can happen. So if there's any like money question, a lot of people come to me as well as I do, you know, monthly financial reports to all the other directors, um, which is six different offices that I kind of watch over. Um, so it's really fun getting to engage with people, kind of do like a recruiting type thing, and then just like make sure you're helping people grow as leaders, but then also, having some like technical aspects of the job where you're in Excel a lot and you're looking at numbers and figuring out how we can make new programs, new dreams, like a possibility. So I really like both of those type of things. And that, that's why I say it's like, it's two worlds, but it's like two roles that, you know, I find a lot that I have a lot of fun in and that they kind of have like two different things that you do in both of them. So you are mentioning your two positions and how one of them are geared to uh, talking to students as talking to um, administration. How do you go about to those different situations or how do you change your style of communication when you're talking to those different students or those different groups of people? Yeah, um, great question. And I think the answer might surprise a lot of people, but the most effective communication um, with either students or administration is pretty much like the same type of approach. And so when I think of like the approach is 
when you're trying to just be like sincere and genuine and that you're always making sure that like the students needs and focus are at the forefront of like the conversation and that you're making it clear that you prioritize the students um it's really kind of like the same thing that i would do um, when i'm talking to maybe like the cfo which we all have our counterparts and so for me it's talking to like the cfo of the print of the university so it's like if i'm talking to a student and they're just like how offering their concerns i'm gonna be there i'm gonna listen i'm gonna you know make sure that their voice is heard but then the same thing with like the cfo if he's talking about you know his concerns and the financial situation that we're in i'm also going to be equally engaged in like also you know resonating with his concerns but also letting him know that you know how does this impact the students you know when i'm talking to students it's easy to you know obviously know that, that this is their needs this is what's most important but at the same time that's just well the whole job is to be you know an approachable and talkable person but to make sure that the student voice is always heard and always at the forefront so it's it's interesting that a lot of people think you kind of like switch up your styles to be more formal but when you kind of think about it when you're in your own life like if you're super rigid and you're trying to be super formal and you focus a lot on your talking you usually aren't that effective of a communicator and that's kind of something that i've learned along the way and the more i talk about just you know being a genuine person the more that the student starts acting that way towards me and same with like you know an administration person at the university and that's when you kind of like get those genuine connections and mm -hmm. You know, I think I think that's just like missed a lot of times. But when you truly want to connect with someone, the most effective communication is just being yourself and, you know, making sure that you have a genuine, you know, congeniality, basically. And so that's what I want, like a lot of people to know. It's like you don't you don't have to be a different person. You know, when you're being yourself, that's all you need. And that's how you probably, you know, have the most effective conversation with anyone. Yeah, and that's really interesting because I think how you said it, be yourself. I just think one thing that's just so, it could be intimidating sometimes, you know, like, you know, you're talking to a student, you know, they kind of been in your role, you kind of know what they're going through, but then talking to some of those higher administrators, does it ever get intimidating or are you just kind of just more comfortable now since you kind of had experience being more involved on campus? Yeah, you know, I will say, you know, I'm a lucky person for the experience that I've had where it comes with dealing with I guess, administration and staff. Um, I've been within like, I guess, like a student involvement role or part of like student success uh, since freshman year. So I've had a lot of time to grow um, as like I've developed my confidence. Um, but really it's, you really, I want everyone to like, you know, the first thing that you should do when you wake up. And it's something that I've tried, been, I've been trying to practice too, because it's hard during these times is to wake up and make sure that, you know, you're filling yourself with positivity and self-encouragement from like the moment you get out of bed. And for me, when I kind of started doing that and started thinking about, you know, what I'm doing is important. Being here is important. Being in school, bettering myself on like an education side, like academic education, bettering myself every day there. And then also having this ability to serve students. It's like, what I'm doing is having an impact. And then it encourages me to kind of like every day build confidence without even like engaging in a conversation with someone who may be intimidating but when I just kind of like think of bringing positivity maybe smiling more or something like that it's it's weird it kind of feels like a mental health tip but really I think that type of thing spans super far into like when you're having conversations with people and so it's like take the step before you even you know say hi to the person or start that conversation you know make sure you, 
you're taking care of yourself and, you know, build confidence that way. And then naturally from there, you'll, you'll say hi, you know, once you're finding that confidence inside yourself and the more times you say hi, the more times you engage in conversations, your confidence will just keep growing and growing. And that's something that I kind of like learned from freshman year all the way till now my fourth year. I really like your response to that question just because personally, after doing this uh, podcast for a while and covering this pillar most times, um, I'm thinking of communication and conflict resolution with other people. Mm-hmm. But when you, were th- when you were just talking about that, I was just like, wow, you can converse with yourself. You can communicate with yourself. You can resolve conflicts within yourself. And I feel like that's really important and really hard to acknowledge because honestly, we've been doing this for like three seasons now and I've just, it never just clicked with me until you mentioned that. So is there anything else that you would say is a lo- like shows up in like that aspect, like communicating with yourself? Cause you discussed it a little bit right now, but I would really want to like hear a little bit more just on your perspective, just cause it just, I don't know, just mind blown right now. Cause I just never thought of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'll definitely delve into it more um, as we go on. Cause I think every time you engage into a tough conversation, the first conversation is with yourself versus that other person. And one thing that I always try to think of myself is like, you know, who do I want to be? And then it's always like projecting that self, I guess projecting that image onto myself. And it's so it's like, there's a way every day you kind of have that inner conflict of like your winner self and then like your loser self. And so it's almost navigating that every day is that who do you want to win today type thing? Do you want your winner self to win or do you want your loser self to win? And so every day when you're thinking about, you know, this is a great day, I have all this stuff that I'm going to accomplish today. And you're kind of like happy to go do this stuff or like maybe have that conversation with your advisor, have that conversation with your teacher, which you're kind of nervous about. But like the fact that you kind of encourage yourself and you motivate yourself to just take that first step to, you know, get out the door engage in that conversation it's like you're already winning it's like you're already winning that conversation because you're beating yourself and it's like and when I say beating yourself it's you're beating your loser self and that winner self is taking that step ahead and it's when you think of conflict you're not going to win a conflict if you're already losing inside yourself or or win a conversation I should say so when you think about these conversations it's always you want to make sure that you're prepared to when it comes to that inner conflict and who's winning that inner conflict before you start maybe that next one and, or that next tough conversation, I should say. And so that's kind of how I like to approach it is that when I talk to myself or pet myself up, I'm making sure that I'm channeling that positivity on like, kind of like when you have like a, the mind radio, it's like, are you going to go to that positivity channel? Or are you going to go to that negativity channel? So you yeah. want to tune it to that positivity channel and make sure that that winner self is ready and prepared And then really it just kind of like helps you take on that next task. And so it's like, it's weird when you think about, oh, it's always external. It's like, no, I guarantee the first conflict that you have, you know, within yourself or every day is, you know, an internal one. And so I really like to focus on that and make sure that you kind of like approach that one first and make sure you win that one first. And then that way it just kind of like you already have the ball rolling and it's just so much easier to kind of keep that energy going and that enthusiasm throughout the day yeah and I think that relates well to like me personally because I feel like let's say if I'm doing like a presentation for a class there's always that like inner voice in my head that's telling me like oh what can go wrong and so like I'm stressing about it but then as it goes on as I kind of gain the confidence going in it at the end I'm like okay that wasn't that bad that was easy like even for something like this it's like 
once we get it started, once we get going, it's kind of like the fears kind of just go down. It's kind of like get more comfortable and kind of have that positive mindset, as you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was like trying hard to kind of like save the story, but I just want to go into the story because we're already on it. Yeah. And um, it was, this is like something that I definitely realized as I was going on. And for a lot of people, they may not know, but I was a part of SNA as a student before sitting on it as executive vice president who serves as kind of like that liaison between students who want to know where their money's being spent versus, you know, this, the decisions on the committee. So where they kind of like decide what serves and activities get this $7.2 million spread, you know, divided out however may it is. And if a student's ever curious, that's what the vice president does to kind of serve as that liaison. But before that, I served as just the student member. And then I also served as the chairperson of that committee. And yeah. it's, it's really interesting because how that committee is made up, it's made of students, faculty. So, you know, those people that lecture at us every day within the classroom and then staff. And, you know, for the last two years, that staff or that staff person has been a vice president of the university. So a direct report to the president. And so when you think of like these different levels, you know, I guess socially, and then also when you just kind of like look at it, it's pretty intimidating. And you think like, how, how do you interact with these people? And as it has gone, you know, it feels like there's some voices there that are 15 times louder than the other boys, you know, and as a student, it's not easy trying to talk to a faculty member or engage in a difficult conversation with a vice president of a university. So I think you all can probably tell which voices were 15 times louder than the others and which voices were silented or just felt like those ones just like you couldn't hear them over the other voices. And it really got to a point in SNA like that those louder voices were just influencing and driving the whole conversation. And we're talking about, you know, decisions with student money, with students at the table who aren't really being heard in the way that they should be. It's like, and so that ain't right. And um, eventually, and it's, and it's something like, even for myself, I didn't do anything. And it's what we were talking about. It's like fear and hesitation. It really kind of controls you in a way. And so it's, it's almost like I didn't do anything because like fear, just like, I couldn't do it. And I was too scared to figure like fail almost. And it's kind of like, I didn't move a muscle. And the whole time that those people just started influencing the decisions and like, they decided where that money went. And then it finally got to a point where, you know, we were talking and like this fact, this member was, you know, pushing their own agenda. And then luckily I had some mentors, advisors were like, you know, let's table this conversation for the next week. And for me, I was like, didn't do a single thing. It's kind of like a deer in headlights. It's like, you know, you're in fear, but you are like, you're in danger, but you don't move a muscle type thing. It's like, no, get out, get away from that car, like type thing. And so it was like, that was me. And the next day I reflected on it and I was upset, but I was more mad, you know, because the next basically week I had three people on my like management upline at the time. So like director, associate Dean, Dean telling me how like upset they were that, you know, the faculty member was driving the conversation and they're like oh I want to restructure it but for me it was like I was so mad at myself that I didn't say anything during this like opportunity to have a tough conversation and like empower students I didn't do anything at that time like fear froze me physically and just like emotionally like I couldn't do anything because I just didn't want to do like I was too scared 
and all the students were scared too but it's like for me as the chairperson the person who's supposed to navigate those conversations and direct the you know empower the student voices I didn't do anything and I was super upset about that so the next time we were going into like I guess fast forward to the, like the next meeting and touching on like making sure my winner self was going to be my loser self before going into that conversation I made sure I planned out what I was going to do which was like I was going to make sure students talked and students felt welcome at that table because they deserve to be at that table and they deserve to make a student-led like decision and then I also was like okay and then I started like pause like positive self-talk to myself which I was like I, I literally wrote it down on a sticky note and I had it like on my like portfolio as I was going in but it's like it was just like Brandon you are a leader and leaders take initiative when leaders see something wrong they're going to do something about it. They're going to take action. And then like I double underlined like action. I was like, I was like, I'm going to take action here. And I'll talk about why like the word action is so important when you think of like fear controlling you. Um, but I went into it and I was like, kind of like kept saying that because I knew on the agenda when that conversation was coming up and I just kept telling myself, I was like, I'm a leader. I'm going to take initiative. I'm a doer. I'm going to take action. I'm going to fix this. And so as we got to it, I mean, and thank God for like Robert's rules at the time, but it was just like, I used that to just like direct it. And I was like, when some like old like person with a powerful voice tried to talk, I was like, oh, no, you're not called on, you know, shut up. I'm going to let a student talk type thing. And so the student talks and then they try to say something. And I was like, oh, no, you're not called on. You don't get to talk. And I was like, I want to hear what this other student says. And then eventually I had almost every student say something like contribute to that conversation. And like, the conversation was about funding or not funding a supplemental request. And by the end of it, I was just like, all right, conversation done. Cause you can do that in Robert's rules. Like that's enough conversation. So that person didn't really get to talk that day. I just let the students do it. And then it was like, by the end of it, those students were happy that they got to say something. They were proud of themselves. I was proud of myself. And we made a decision, a real student-led decision. But like, regardless of what that vote was, I was super happy because when I started taking action, the fear and like, all that like scariness just went away. And then really, and that's where I'm thinking like action cures fear. And also, but the only thing that can help you do action is like self-positivity, like making sure you motivate yourself to take action because action just leads to more action. But how do you kind of like, you can't necessarily just start with action. You got to really start with yourself. Once you move yourself, you can keep moving type of thing. And so that's like the story I really wanted to share was just like, action cures fear and it's like oh my gosh and then after that it's just you gain that confidence and that fear gets smaller and smaller and so when I talk about you know talking with administration talking with students it's not that bad but there was a time where I couldn't do it whatsoever yeah. but like when you find that one moment where you can just take action it's just you can just keep taking action and action and you just get better at it and so I would say when you're talking about like that inner conflict, it starts with you, but then it's just like, after that, you know, fear kind of controls you a little bit, but just like, just know when you take that one, you take that one time to like do it or take action, the next 50 times will be so much easier. I really admire how intentional you were about that. Just because like you started off by explaining how you felt this day that way after that situation had occurred and then that next meeting you said you just wrote it on a sticky note that was the first step of action and like I find that like pretty incredible because like I don't usually am I'm not usually intentional about my action I just kind of do I just that's how I function but when you actually like in my head I'm just thinking of 
when you're intentional about it, I can only imagine how much more that affects the conversation, how much that affects what's going on in that like room. Cause like you were intentional about it. Not only did you set yourself up to allow yourself to speak and take charge, you allowed all these other students to say not like the same opportunity, which I really admire. And I just wanted to bring up cause like a sticky note, Brandon, it was a sticky note. And um, also you really put it into perspective because Aurelia and I, we've been to a couple of those SNA meetings and just off of like that one experience, it can be pretty intense sometimes. I remember seeing all these clubs coming try to try to get these funding. And instead of it going to like a conversation of should we, should we not, it's rather a long debate where people express their opinions, they express how they feel. So the fact that you were kind of in charge of navigating those conversations, I think we'd say we appreciate you for kind of keeping true and like valuing, making sure that students' voices are heard rather than it just being more faculty control kind of conversation or debates. Right. And it's, and it's just so, I guess, yeah, it was just one of those most amazing things. It was just like, when you empower yourself, you empower those around you. Like Aurelia was kind of saying, and really when the way to like rise up in like whatever way you want, um, whether it's like socially, uh, professionally, just personally, it's you, you don't rise by yourself. You're lifted by others type thing. And so when you empower yourself, you empower others and that kind of like almost essentially makes you lighter to lift because you empower those people as well. And so they lift you up and you rise and you build people around you. And it's just kind of like you find success that way. And you kind of like grow through these different conversations because by the end of it, you bettered yourself because you took action in that one way. And then when people notice that, you know, they want to take action as well. And so really it's just like, start with yourself and then, try to help like I guess duplicate that in others in in a way um and the best way to do it is you know by taking action and by leading and showing by example I guess and so I think just one of the greatest things of like diminishing fear in yourself you help diminish fear in others and so it's one of those things it's like if you're willing to just do it that one time it will be so much easier because you have less fear but then you're also seeing like your best friend do the same thing and so it's a really cool kind of a ripple effect that way. And yeah. so I would just, it's, it's a cool thing. And, you know, thank you for, you know, acknowledging the hard work that SNA does, but yeah, it's, it's almost like an everyday thing and exercise that anyone can do. And so I definitely like encourage anyone to find a way to just take action today and grow yourself. When did you turn into a motivational speaker, Brandon? <laughs> so, um, Brandon, as you know, this year has been insane, especially just for every student, every faculty, but especially for your role as being our vice president, because you've had you and the rest of our student um, senate have had to experience something brand new that no one else really has. So how has that been for you personally? just dealing with everything in regards to our situation. Yeah, I mean, dang, this is one crazy situation to be in. Um, I know for sure that I, it started off like day one, not exactly the way I wanted to interact with students. Um, when we were doing like full online campaigns last spring, I was like, this isn't, 
I was like, this isn't how I do it. This is not how I work with people is like over social media. I was like, my Instagram had maybe like three pictures on it. And then I was like, okay. I was like, well, now I have to get on this and like work at it every day. Um, luckily I had a great support, support system. Um, my partner, Deanna, she's one of the greatest people in the world. And she helped me navigate that for sure. But it was just like, this isn't how I do it. Like, I love just connecting with people face to face. Like when I'm when I'm working with people, it's just like, I don't feel like you get that total, like, I guess, like physical or like emotional connection in a way. And I was like, oh man, I don't know how I'm going to run this campaign. But, you know, luckily I, you got through that, but unfortunately it just kept being that way. And so something that I just had to adjust was like making sure that, you know, when you're talking in person to person, it's easy to have just a normal conversation that, you know, you can go in because you wanted to talk about business, but you know, it eventually just turns into a conversation about their life, about their pets, about, you know, what their goals and dreams are. I feel like that was something that was quickly lost when we moved into like a virtual, um, I guess, environment It's because it's like, all right, well, I'm, I'm Skyping you. I'm zooming, call, I'm zoom calling you Microsoft teams conference call. It's like, we're just sitting in like our kitchen tables. We, we just kind of like go straight to the business and we end up doing that, you know, 20 times a day and you just kind of feel exhausted. And it's like, these are, it's like, you're talking to people, but it's just, it's exhausting, you know? And so when they talk about zoom fatigue, it's a real thing. And I was starting to figure that out. Like after, like, I guess like a month into the job, it was just like students are just like, it's just like, we're not talking the same. And so one thing that I really, had to try and like adjust because I was doing it too. It was like, I'll zoom call you for five minutes because I just need you to like send me an Excel sheet or type thing. But it's like something I did was like, oh, I'm going to take, you know, 15 minutes or whatever. It's like, or I should say it's a 30 minute meeting, but I'm going to make sure that there's like 10 to 15 minutes, whatever it may be, is that we just like talk about each other and we make sure that we're, you know, engaging with each other on like a personal level. And it's just like, that's how you understand people. You kind of really get what's going on with them, you, how you make friends um, in a virtual environment. And that's kind of like what I started doing was just kind of like when I was meeting with students, it's like, yeah, it's like, I definitely want to hear what you want to talk about and too, but it's like, I also just want to know more about you and like what's going on. And then from there, it's like, I find different ways I can serve that student or I can help that, you know, staff or faculty member. And it's just kind of like, when I was able to make sure that, you know, we're still people, even though we're looking at each other through a screen, um, that was one big way that I was able to change how I like was able to, I guess, connect or communicate with people over this weird time, but also make sure that I didn't lose, you know, that, that person or like that friendship or that connection. And so it's something that I would, you know, recommend to anyone is like, if you have like a, I guess like a phone call that's only going to take maybe like five minutes in reality, maybe like schedule it out just to be a little bit longer so you can talk about something fun and just make sure that you all can like step away from the extraneous schoolwork or work stuff. Have you gotten any like people that are just kind of like caught off guard by you doing that? Cause like 
just in general, like, I feel like we've been stuck in this virtual world for too long that it is really hard. So when you say that you're intentional about how you schedule your time and try to talk to this individual and say, hey, how are you doing? Like, that means a lot. But I feel like a lot of us, including myself, have lost that. And like, it is straight to the business. And I just, I personally didn't realize it until you mentioned it right now. So has anyone like really, or just like in general, is there like ever like pushback, like, uh, awkward, like, I don't know how to talk about myself anymore type of stuff. And like, if so, like, how do you navigate that? Oh, that's so true. I mean, when I was first trying to do it, I felt like I forgot how to talk to anyone, period. Like, I was like, oh man, how do we, like, how do we do this? Like, how do I, how do I just say, how are you? And like, build the conversation from there type thing. And so I think a lot of people are caught off guard because it's just like, even if we just did the business first and I was like, you know, we had a a lot of time left over. It's kind of like so quick to just hit that red button in the bottom right corner where it just says like, leave the meeting. Um, But instead of that, I was just like, wait, I was like, I was like, is that, is that your dog behind you or something? Or like, I'm like, oh, who's that like little person? If it's like an old, like they have a family and I'm just like, who's that? And then like, they kind of bring them over and start connecting on a different level. Um, I mean, I'm sure for like many people, I mean, if it's not obvious, like I definitely want to be like a future dad. Like I want to have kids. I want all that running around. So when I see people who have kids, it's like, Oh, I want to talk about it. I want to see that kid. I want to like, know like how you're, how you're doing. How's that? How's your kid? I was like, how's this life in general type thing. And it's just like, people get so caught off guard, but they're so happy to talk about it. Once they start talking about it, it's like, even even like, I guess, subconsciously, like you might not want to talk about it, but once you start getting talking about something that's not related to work and just kind of about you, I think people just automatically kind of find energy that way. Cause it's fun talking about yourself and it's, it's fun getting to know people too. And just like connecting on that level. So I'd say people get caught off guard about it, but it's not like, Whoa, it's kind of more of like a, it's like a fun surprise. And then like, it's something that makes that conversation memorable. And also just kind of like make sure that like you're keeping energy into like the next meeting or the next task that you got on hand. And, it, and that's like a two-way street that, that works for like me as the person and also for the person I'm talking to. Because like back to the kid example, it's like, oh, we just had a meeting, but like, instead of us just talking about like financial reports, you got to hold your kid for five minutes and talk about your kid and have a good time. And I was smiling and they're smiling. And then they take that, you know, energy and they go into their next meeting. So then they're talking about the next financial report, but they're smiling and they're happy because they took a little bit of time in the day to spend it with family and talk about stuff that they're truly passionate about. And so it's, it's a nice kind of gift to yourself and to the other person type thing. Yeah. Would you say has virtual like communication like affected any way for you to like relay a message from a student to like an administrator? Like if there's like a concern that's being brought up, has it like affected how you communicate that to your higher ups? yeah um you know it's hard because like I said like you kind of lose like that passion or kind of that intensity a little bit or like that emotional level when you're talking about the like I guess between zoom because like when you're like fired up and you have like you know a group of students that are passionate and they're like they're ready to like you know whatever it is um just like fight for a cause it's a lot more powerful when you're able to rally in person and like go to an office or, you know, just engage in like a person to person conversation where here, and I've seen it happen a lot. is just like, when we're like 
upset and we want to go talk to someone we have to do it in like a mass like zoom webinar thing and yeah. it's like that's a totally different like effect because they're just basically staring at themselves as a presenter and they're talking and they they see names on like in this zoom call but they don't see faces they don't see like that passion you don't get to like talk to them and be like these are my concerns and i want you to address this stop dancing around this question type thing it's like they get to do that all day long and so it's it's hard and definitely something that we've had to like try to figure out how we can get past that mm-hmm. um and so really it's like we have to take those concerns and it's hard as like just a normal student being like us being like we hear you but we can get into like that meeting where it's more face-to-face like this, or just like, it's just on a different level of intimacy. So it actually like sticks with them. They actually get something done because we can keep them accountable, but it's just like hard as a student. You just like, man, it's like, all right. I mean, just take it and run with it. But it's like before this stuff, it's like ASU was like one of the coolest things because they would take that student and they would go and connect them with that person right away. And they would sit there and they would just make sure that something happened. And it's like, Ooh, I missed that. And so, it's like, I can't wait for that day to come back, but yeah, it's, it's definitely different. I won't, I will say that we still make sure, you know, students are, I guess, advocated for, and that change is happening in a positive way. But yeah, I'm just like, I know I just can like show sympathy for that student that it's just so much harder to like trust the system. And it's like, how many times can you say that? It's like, just keep trusting in us, keep trusting in us and like watch this cool, you know, president zoom webinar where it's like it feels like you're talking to the president but you're not because he's just talking to himself and so it's it's definitely interesting but yeah I mean the coolest part about this job is that I still get to make sure that you know positive change is happening but yeah it's it's definitely different from what like I've been hearing so far like we've been talking a lot about like how different it is and how much harder it is has there been like any aspects of being virtual that's actually helped your job as like VP at all yeah I mean just knowing that I can be anywhere like I guess just like reach someone no matter where they are like I guess like the whole situation changed the game a little bit where it's like it was a big deal to like you know Skype anyone and but or like zoom anyone and then it's just like now it's like no matter where you are you can have a talk because it's just like we hop on zoom anyways and so something that we've been able to do is just like have you know a dispersed like board a dispersed like leadership on ASC Woo but also like reach students that are on the west side I mean it's pretty cool because ever since this year, you know, Westside students have been more intrigued with student government. So we've been interacting with them a lot more because it's just like, it's something that, that was just like, they were never, we were never aware of. And like, they weren't exactly aware of either. It's just like, we finally kind of bridged that gap. Like we finally used technology in a way that it was supposed to be used for almost. And so now we have these real connections with people all over the world, all over Washington state. And it's empowering them to like become more leaders, to have that experience, to like branch out of their shell. Like it doesn't matter where you are. We're all Siwoo students. We're all wildcats. And like that to me, knowing that our community is a lot more connected and wholesome is a really cool thing that, you know, this weird time, like this electronic, like, I guess like video conference time 
brought us. And so really cool on that front. Yeah, and I, I love hearing that. That's always one thing I wonder, you know, right now I'm in Ellensburg, so I'm pretty connected to the campus, connected to everyone. But for the students who are away, like especially who are on the West side, is how do they draw that connection back to the university instead of it just being, I'm gonna be doing my classes from home this quarter. Like how do they still, you know, maintain that connection to like, you know, being a wildcat? That's... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, I think a lot of people would think it's through virtual events. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's the case. I would say it's just like all of us just like having more like personal interactions. Like we, we have time where we're not running around to like different physical locations that we can be in a place and just like sit on like Zoom and people come through. So your virtual office hours, um, but also just like when someone like reaches out with an email, you're just like, yeah, here's my Zoom link. And then you just like have these just one-on-one -on -one conversations. And it's like, when you have just that one-on-one -on -one conversation, it's like, like, well, I want to go, like, I'll do that again. Like that wasn't too bad. Um, and it's not like a, like an event where it may be like popping off. It may not be. Um, and it's just like, for me, you just have, I just have so much more energy when I get to talk to someone like face to face. And I think that's for everyone else when they just get to do that. Like I know here, like I'm having fun because I'm just talking with you all, but it's, it's just like, I'm trying to like, figure it out but it's just all I know is like I have a lot more fun and I feel like there's like energy and passion because like I'm having more one-on-one -on -one conversations with you no matter where you are so like a West Side student like they'd be like oh yeah like attend this virtual event because we're all going to it but it's like or you can just like video call me and it's just like we talk about you know they're like maybe I'm interested in ASCW and I'm like heck yeah you are like let's talk about it let's figure out like what you're passionate about let's help you along the way and it's like a pretty special time because I think this elections is going to be far different than all the other ones like I think we're going to have students from the west side you know main campus some more international students it's truly like I truly think you know we're finding like a whole you know diverse and encompassing like leadership that we haven't had before you know it's been very like Ellensburg dominated so it's just like for me, it's like, it's really cool that this time has really like spearheaded and accelerated our growth to like know that like anyone can be a leader and anyone has the opportunity to like, I guess, do whatever they want to do type thing. And so it's, it's fun. And it's just like, you don't just have to be on Ellensburg. You can be anywhere, man. Yeah. And elections are starting up pretty soon, right? Well, like the process of finding candidates and stuff like that. They are. So, yeah, I mean, the official like a window to be like a candidate who would go on like the, the posters and stuff. So be an official candidate just closed. Um, we have like a handful of candidates, um, which will be released shortly, but if students still didn't even fill out a campaign, they can write in or a candidate registration form. They can write in and still be a, like a, someone who runs for student government. So it's still open to anyone who, wherever you are, if you're listening to this, do it. Um, and it's, it's, it's just cool because I, I know like the people that were trying to engage with me and like pick my brain about executive vice president, there's like a wide range of people. And so I'm really excited to see how that turns out and how like all the other ones turn out as well. That's great. I'm actually really excited. I won't be here, but later on, hopefully that leaves a longstanding legacy of y'all just doing y'all's great work. And hopefully a lot more people are engaged because I know for a fact that a lot of people that are not on main campus are 
they're not per se missing out but they're missing out on like the experience because they've kind of like not by their own fault but just because we've kind of been a little bit more exclusive to here it's just been a little bit easier I guess Mm -hmm. but that's really beautiful and that's really exciting to hear Um, as we are beginning to wrap up would you like to give our audience any advice at all anything at all it could be school related general whatever because you've been doing so great Brandon at motivating us so I think it's only right to give advice yeah I mean thank you and I mean when I think about the advice maybe just touching back on stuff that I already kind of like talked about a little bit but it's just like smile more like welcome enthusiasm into your life because that just fuels you throughout the day and to take on that next challenge so it's just like making sure that you know who's waking up in the morning your winner self or like the loser self and then also just like feeling in that positivity when you can and that self-encouragement and I know it's hard to do that at times so like a quick way for me to just kind of like wrap that all up in like a very easy like phrase is just like smile more Cause like when I smile more, it just kind of like helps me like almost like fix my posture a little bit and just be like ready to go throughout the day. And so I would say, you know, smile more, welcome enthusiasm into your life. Know that, you know, action overcomes fear. I know in a lot of these situations when you're thinking of tough conversations or what that outcome might be, you're, you know, you're fearing like, Oh, I don't know how this is going to end. Just knowing that when you take action, when you initiate that conversation, just know that, you know, that fear really almost always just kind of go away. And then the more you do it, like the less that fear kind of like controls you. Um, and then, you know, I'd say another one is just like, make sure you like listen more too. I mean, I feel like a lot of conflict comes from, you know, maybe not listening um, when at times you should. So, you know, making sure that you listen, and you understand people's needs and concerns, and then like dress the conversation around that. Um, and then I think, you know, that you should become more constru- uh, constructive, and then I think my last one is just like something that I've learned, I guess the hard way. And I would want people to know too, is just like, don't delay hard conversations. Um, like we said, like when you do that, like hesitation and fear kind of grows. So it's like the more you want to put it off. Um, but in reality, more times than not, if you were just to, you know, I guess do and like initiate that conversation, great things are going to happen for you and usually the other party. Cause I know like just recently, and this is kind of like a fun thing to, I guess, like talk about, I don't, I don't know why, but it's just like, um, I'm starting, like, I'm about to like launch a business soon. Like, in fact, like yesterday launched a business, like business license and all. And like, I knew like, this was something that I wanted to do because it would help me accomplish my dreams, my goals of, you know, like I said, one day being like a dad and like providing like a great future life for those children where like money gives me more time to be with them and money opens more opportunities for those children. And I was like, always like thinking about how can I do this? And so one of those things was like, maybe I should try, you know, launching this business, like figuring out how this can help me. And I know over the last like month and a half, I was like figuring out how am I going to like launch this business and working up and like figuring out how to do it. But ever since the day that I thought about, you know, launching and like building like a business plan, like creating a business plan and launching a business, I knew I needed to tell, you know, obviously my partner, my friends and my parents. And I was just like, ever since day one, I was just like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Like, that's, that's a tough conversation. Like, I don't want, I don't want to tell them like building this business. That's something crazy. And so I knew like chances are not like, I was like, like 
should I do it? And I kept putting it off because I let hesitation and fear. And this is something that I did just like a month and a half ago. So I'm saying like, even for someone who's practiced a lot, there's always opportunity to practice and getting better and like not letting, I guess, fear control you. And so, but like, what I want to say with that story is like, even though like I got to like where I was about to launch the business, like yesterday I launched it, but it was like, I waited all the way until this weekend to tell my mom that I was like, yeah, by the way, like I'm going to do this. And I was like, kind of like, I was scared. I was like, oh, like uh, I shouldn't have done it, but we had that conversation. And of course she was like skeptical at first. She's like, oh, like, do you know what you're doing? And I was like, yeah, I think so. Like I'm talking like, while I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to like figure out how I get customers. How do I find business partners? How do I like do all this? Like in my head, but I was like, I can, like I told her that. And like, you know, I was just like, went through the like conversation with her and like, you know, at first it was kind of like tough. She's like, oh, she's like, I'm worried for you, honey. But by the end of it, we started talking about like my dreams and my goals and like why I'm doing this, you know, why I want to be like financially free, you know, younger before anyone else and like, you know, have a life that's worth living type thing or like that's something that I'm like have hope and determination for. She kind of saw that and she wrapped around that and she's like, all right, let's start figuring this out. And so we talked more about the business and like, lo and behold, like, we have like a close family friend who ran a business very similar to this and then moved into like real estate and started investing in real estate and started growing and then retired young as well. And is now putting their kids through college. And I was like, that's the life I want to live. Like, I want to go like talk to that person. And my mom's like, all right, well, I'll set up a meeting for you next week. So you can go talk to them and like pick their brain. And I was like, dang, like if only I like had that tough conversation and didn't put it off, especially and like ever since day one of like, just building that business, I could have had this great resource in my back pocket who could have like guided me all the way through up till now, instead of struggling and like going behind like my partner and like my mom and like my friend's backs about it. And so when I had that conversation, I was like, shoot, like I should have done this earlier. And then, so from then on, I was like, all right, I'm going to like not put off the tough conversation. And it's like, especially tough conversations that you might think will end bad. It's like, cause chances are, chances are that it probably won't end bad it's just like you're letting like hesitation and fear take you over and so with that I just say you know make sure you like just don't push it off like take it on you know because it, it will benefit you no matter what because it's like you went into it knowing that like you know this might happen which helps you prepare for it but at the same time it'll most likely turn out well and so that's just like kind of what another last little tidbit is just like don't put off that difficult conversation yeah oh and then to add on that my partner definitely told my partner too if you're going to tell your partner about any like big life decisions do it um do it earlier rather than later um i finally talked to deanna um, my partner and she's a sweetheart she encourages me as well you know i thought she wasn't going to support me but she's super supportive and she actually became like you know my first loyal customer so it's <laughs> stuff like that it's just like it's just like, you know, believe in people type thing. It's just like, don't put it off, you know, no matter what, you're going to come out as a better person. And, you know, the challenge with every day is like always to better yourself. So don't put it off. Um, action overcomes fear. And then I would also just say, smile more. Those would be my three wrapped up quick in a cute little like present, whatever, <laughs> my, like three pieces of advice for everyone. Yeah, well, I like a lot of the episodes I would say I'm inspired. I really appreciate that advice that you're giving. And also, I just think in general, I 
think I can speak for both my and like we appreciate that like you what you do on campus and how you kind of let yourself be that voice for students. And we'd like to just uh, thank you for joining us on uh, this episode. Be good to see you again, something that we do in the future, collaborate again. And also good luck on your business. Like that's a really big step. And we're- Congratulations on that. Well, yeah, if you need more customers, you know, yeah. sign us up. Yeah, sign us Maybe. Up. Don't know what it is, but sign us up. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. No, and we'll definitely connect again because y'all, you helped me so much get throughout the day. Um, and, you know, I miss CLC so much. And like, I hope everyone too, like still stop by that office. It's probably one of the most liveliest office, even in this like current environment, there's always something fun happening or someone cool you can talk to and like establish a real connection with. So with everyone else, like, you know, thank you for having me. You know, I love what you all do and, you know, this, it was really fun talking to you all. Appreciate you, Brandon. And also to thank you to, uh, for all you Wildcats for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode and you want to hear more, you can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts or YouTube at Word to the Wildcat. If you're interested in other amazing programs that the CLC has to offer, check out our website at cwu.presence.io and follow our social media pages. Also remember that you can receive credit towards earning your uh, Wildcat Leadership uh, Academy Certificate by just checking out the website that I already mentioned and filling out a quick assessment. And with that being said, please join us again next time. I'm Tommy. And I'm Areli, and this has been Word to the Wildcat.